The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. So the title of my message tonight is God's Ambassador and then parentheses, Your Name Here. <laughs> okay, so I do want to thank Pastor for the opportunity um, to, to preach. Uh, he put out that invitation, as he just stated, and I had kind of thought, thought about it for a few days. And I thought, you know, I'll go ahead and volunteer. Uh, gives me a chance to do public speaking. I don't do it very much. It is something, you know, I kind of, you know, feel that I should do more of. And so when an opportunity came around, I thought, oh, you know, I'll use the opportunity. Um, now, I will say the message tonight, I'm not going to preach anything that you guys don't already know. I mean, I pretty much have, you know, been listening to like 13 years of sermons from, you know, Pastor Smith and Brother Dalton and just, um, you know, took in a lot. And so a lot of what, you know, they taught is what I'm going to be repeating tonight. So, um now, my message tonight is for saved people, so um, the fact, you know, the message is that God's ambassador is your name here would make sense, because if you're not saved, then you would not be considered an ambassador. But if you are, then uh, the message that we, the passage that we will be uh, that preaching from, or will be preaching from, does say that we are ambassadors. So, but if you're not saved, you know, this will still be beneficial for you to listen to, and you know, just pray that the Holy Spirit will open up your heart and that you would um, use this as a, he would use this as a means to possibly bring someone to salvation. So, so anyway, so um, again, uh, from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, starting in verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing the trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And here's the key verse. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, ye be reconciled to God. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So let us go to prayer. Father, uh, we uh, come to you. Um, I come to you humbly tonight. Uh, we just pray that you would give me your wisdom, that the words I preach tonight would uh, be what you would have me to say, and that the congregation would be blessed with the message, and that uh, your word would be magnified. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so uh, many descriptions are given to us that follow Christ. Uh, disciples, the saved, the elect, saints, God's children, the bride of Christ, soldiers of Christ, and in the passage we've just read, ambassadors. So I was intrigued by the term of calling us ambassadors, uh, you know, so basically, well, first of all, I wanted to, to make a de- definition of what is an ambassador. So uh, an ambassador is defined as an accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. 
also defined as a promoter of a specialized activity. Uh, the origin of the word ambassador is Latin, and it means servant. So, um, and just an aside, I'm just amazed at, you know, how many of uh, you hear these, you know, television preachers and everything, uh, you know, that seem to think that they live like kings when, in fact, you know, we're, everything in the Bible says that we are servants. Even the word ambassador means servant. So, so um, who can be an ambassador? Well, first of all, looking at that, dec- that definition, um, the ambassador is accredited. They're chosen by a leader. Um, they do not choose themselves to be an ambassador. Um, I mean, Brother Gary, I mean, you've done travels to different countries. Do you ever, in your um, uh, visits, you know, say that you're an ambassador from the United States? Probably not. I mean, you're a tourist, but you do not claim to be an ambassador. And the reason you don't is because you weren't sent by the U.S. government to be to that country. You were simply going on your own. So, I mean... And then on the opposite side, you know, when someone is an ambassador to the United States, you know, you expect them to be a citizen or a subject of that country that they come from. So, you know, the ambassador to the United States from France, you know, you would expect to be from Paris, maybe named Pierre, not Bob from St. Louis. (laughs) And in the case of um, God, you know, um, he chooses us. I mean, this is where sovereign grace comes from. He, um, God chooses those that he's to be saved uh, from the, before the world began. Um, in fact, uh, Ephesians uh, 1, verse 4, According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. And then, um, again, to state, you know, that, the, uh, that we are... Uh, Chosen by him, uh, John chapter 17, verses 9 through 12. And this is Jesus praying to the Father. Um, he says, um, starting in verse 9, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father, keeping them thine, keeping through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, for they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world and kept them in my name, those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. So, you know, so this whole package, it says, you know, given me. Thine are mine, whom thou hast given me, and thou gavest me. So obviously it's, you know, God is chosen, and he's given the save to Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, the second part of that definition is they are foreigners in a foreign land, strangers. First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 11, uh, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, and then it talks about abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul. So he refers to us as strangers and pilgrims. So, um, and that is that we are not of this world. We are, you know, Jesus or God leaves us in the world when he saves us. But once we're saved, we're not of this world. So in John chapter 15, verses 18 and 19, 
it talks about, if the world hates you, ye know, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would have loved his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hated you. I think John 17, verses 16 says, they are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. And then verse 18, as thou hast sent me into the world, even as I also sent them into the world. Again, he's referring to, you know, himself and then to, uh, uh, us that are, uh, his, his chosen. So, um, now what do we do? I mean, we're, as official representatives, we actually represent God to man. So how do we do that? By modeling ourselves to God. We conform to him. So, of course, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but ye be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may be proved what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. So we are to conform to Christ, not to the world. Um, and that seems to be lost on a lot of these modern churches where, you know, especially the seeker-sensitive ones, where they seem to want to um, conform to the world, thinking that that's going to bring people to Christ if they just conform to the world and then be like the world and then, you know, somehow can talk them into uh, becoming Christians that way. But that's not how, um, you know, uh, Paul preach or states in this passage, he says that we are to conform to Christ. And of course, you know, it talks about earlier that we are not of the world. Uh, we, you know, we're actually hated by the world. So if you, so if you just take those two together, uh, in fact, uh, John, 1st John 2, chapter, uh, verses 15 and 16, um, again, we are to conform to Christ, not the world. So love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So what are some of the things that we uh, use to conform ourselves? So we conform by our walk. And uh, much of the... Uh, much, a good portion of our walk is to be obedient, obedience to uh, to God and to His uh, His Word. So, uh, Leviticus uh, eighteen four: Ye shall do my judgments and keep my ordinance to walk therein. I am the Lord your God. Leviticus twenty six three: If ye walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them. Deuteronomy 5:33 Ye shall walk in all the ways which the Lord has commanded you and ye may live that it may be well with you that ye may prolong your days in the land which ye shall possess. So and in fact uh, God says it's better to obey than to sacrifice. So 1 Samuel 15 verse 22 And Samuel said hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord behold to obey is better than sacrifice and hearken than the fat of rams In fact pastor just spoke to that you know just uh, on Sunday about you know obedience versus uh, sacrifice it just sacrificing means really means nothing it's God's obedience that uh, he demands of us and that the whole sacrifice system was just a picture of what Jesus did for us on the cross, not anything that we could do in order to make ourselves right with God. 
So, and then, of course, there's the passages uh, in the New Testament uh, where uh, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So, okay. so um, if we fail to keep, to obey the commandments and to conform to Christ, you know, we may not, may not really be an ambassador or really be saved. Um, of course, there's that passage in Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto him, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work inequity. And then uh, James uh, 4, 4, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye or not that the friendship of the world is the enmity of God? Whoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enmity of God. So, again, um, you know, if we do not follow Jesus, obey his commandments, you know, yet we claim we know God, but we don't follow him, he's going to deny that he knows us and that we're not true uh, disciples of him because we don't. We don't love him. We don't follow him. So what makes us think that we would be, um, you know, his, his children if we basically deny him? In fact, uh, there's a thought that's kind of come to my head that uh, for a lot of Christians that basically claim to be Christian but um, don't follow Christianity. And I call them beachfront Christians. Uh, Matthew in cha- chapter 7, verses 24 and 25, describes, you know, how... Uh, his word, and his, he's a foundation of the rock. Therefore, whoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it is founded upon a rock. And Jesus is that rock. He, you know, many places in the Bible it states, you know, it's solid. In fact, we sing the song, you know, the solid ground. Um, it's one of the, you know, one of my more favorite hymns that we sing. And then it talks about the sea as being the sea of iniquity. Um, Revelation 13, 1, um, talks about, As I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. So a lot of times when it talks about the sea, it's talking about the world and all the sins. Um, found it interesting that when, uh, you know, when Jesus walked on the water on the Sea of Galilee, you know, in situation where the storms came and all the disciples were in the boat and very afraid, he walked on top of the water. It's not like he got into the water. <coughs> and in fact, Peter, when he was looking towards Christ, was also walking on the water. But as soon as he turned his eyes away, that's when he sunk into the water. So I refer to these uh, some of these Christians as beachfront Christians because while they claim to be Christians... Um, and claim to be on the rocks. They want beachfront property. They want to live on the beach. They, you know, right on the edge. They, you know, claim they're Christians. They're on the solid ground, but their focus is on the water. They're, uh, you know, they are tuned to walk. They're always looking at the water, everything. So, and usually what happens is they'll start off, you know, on the beach, look on the water, and then, you know, Pretty soon, they got their shoes off and they got their feet wet. It's a, you know, waves kind of lap, you know, and, and then before long, you know, they're, they're now ankle deep and then it's up to their knees and before you know it, they're completely, you know, 
subsumed, a riptide comes and carries them off. I kind of think of the new casino that's kind of opened up here, that there, probably, there may be some people, hopefully not in this crowd, but uh, maybe some of our Sunday morning peoples who will um, claim, oh, yeah, well, I just went to the casino, not to gamble, but I went there to eat. You know, there's some great restaurants I want to check out. So they go in there and they eat, and then they'll probably come out and, well, you know, I got $10 in my pocket, so maybe I'll just put some money into the slot machines. Yeah, I do. You know, I'm not really here. I didn't come to gamble, but, you know, I got a few extra five minutes. I'll just see what happens. You know, and and what, so before long, you know, they're in it, and then it's like, oh, well, this food was really good. I'm going to come again next week. And, you know, before you know it, it's, you know, they're completely gone into sin. And that's what I, my example of the uh, beachfront and the people that, you know, they start off on the solid ground and they're gradually, you know, sinking deeper and deeper into iniquity. Now, another interesting thing I saw was, you know, because it referred to the sea as being um, sin and iniquity, is Revelation uh, 21, verse 1. And it said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and earth were passed away, and there was no sea. I always thought that was interesting, because when I first read that, you know, before, I always kind of thought that was a throwaway line, and there was no sea. But if you really go back and think about it, he's basically saying that all the um, things of, you know, the sea are gone away in, this, in the new heavens and the new earth. That, you know, it's all the solid rock. There's no more sea of iniquity or anything else. So I just thought that that was an interesting um, passage that it talked about no more sea and the new heavens and the new earth. Okay, and we also are to walk in righteousness. Uh, Proverbs 2, uh, verse 20. Thou, that thou mightest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of the righteous. And we're to, uh, again, you know, we're to, uh, you know, walk the way of good men and uh, walk, walk in righteousness, uh, follow the commandments, uh, do that which, you know, the Lord commands us to do. And on the flip side, we're to separate from sinners. Psalm 1, verse 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Um, it talks about uh, walking circumspectly. Ephesians 5:15. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So, um, you know, we, we're not to gossip. We're not to use profanity, uh, tell dirty jokes, or do any of those things that bring reproach upon the name of the Lord. Uh, we don't use God's name in vain. Um, you guys generally know, you know, what I'm referring to. You know, you're supposed to. Uh, uh, speak properly, and you should look and act holy. And as far as looking holy, uh, you really should dress appropriately. Um, you know, there are some people that claim to be Christians that um, if I saw them coming, I would cross the street to go on the other side, much like the um, people did in the story about the Good Samaritan. You know, they saw the the guy in the ditch and basically walked, walked across the street. Um, not to say that, you know, but that was the... Uh, way that they would, uh, they would see somebody, and we're not to, uh, we're not to judge those that aren't, uh, dressed appropriately, but if we are Christians, we should not have people think that we're anything but Christians, is kind of what I want to say. So ambassadors, um, also, uh, one of the things that ambassadors do is they communicate with 
with their home country. So, Christian, how is your prayer life? Uh, Colossians 1, 3. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Ephesians 6, 18. Praying always with the prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Now, this doesn't mean that we're constantly, you know, to pray 24-7, because I mean, physically, of course, we cannot be in prayer all the time. But uh, what, this, what these mean is that we're to uh, basically have an ongoing uh, daily prayer, uh, be always mindful of wanting to speak to God. In fact, I like to think of it that we have a hotline to God, that, uh, you know, much like, I don't know if you guys remember the Cold War, but supposedly they had like a hot red phone from the White House to the uh, Kremlin, and that they could just open it up and speak to each other. In a way, we should have like a hotline from ourselves to God so that we could speak to him at any time or be ready to speak to him at any time and that he could hear our prayers. Um, also, um, you should speak, you should be praying enough, and I kind of use the example that uh, God knows who you are. I mean, I kind of joke that some people pray so often or so rarely that if you were to pray to God, he may come back and say, now who is this again? <laughs> um, you know how uh, you may talk to a close relative. I know if I call my mom, I, could just, I don't even have to tell her who I am. I just start talking. Of course she knows who I am. Uh, just by my sound of my voice, and I'm sure with you it's the same way, you know, that if you're in constant communication, and you know that. So that's kind of the idea that is here, is that um, we should be in prayer on a regular basis so that, you know, that it's not strange, it's not an event if we have to go to prayer to God. Uh, the other thing that we do is we read our Bible. Um, I like to refer to this as God's foreign policy, that uh, our Bible tells us what what God reveals himself to us. Uh, this is all that we need in order for him to reveal himself. And the best part is, is that it doesn't change. You know, in most countries, well, especially like in the U.S., you know, if the uh, administration changes, say, from Democrat to Republican, the foreign policy may change, especially in between the last administration and this one. But um, they, um, but God never changes. He says, I change this not. So if you study your Bible and you follow your, the Bible and you do what it says, you don't have to worry about things changing. In fact, all these people that come up with these new revelations, it's nothing that they, uh, if it's not in the Bible, it's not God's word. And this is his foreign policy right here. Uh, in fact, Second uh, Timothy 2.15, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay. So uh, those are the things that we do as, uh, as ambassadors of God. You know, we pray, we read our Bibles, uh, we, we, act ho- we are holy, uh, we obey him. Uh, but one of the, but the second definition back on there was that we are a promoter of a specialized activity. So in that case, what we do in, as ambassadors of Christ is we um, we witness. 
So, of course, here's the Great Commission, uh, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spake unto him, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things which I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. (coughs) And then Matthew in uh, chapter 9, verses 37 and 38, this is Jesus talking. Uh, to his disciples, and saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers unto his harvest. And then uh, Paul, uh, speaking to King Agrippa in Acts 26, verses 22 and 23, Having therefore attained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. So basically, again, that's Paul saying, you know, that we should be witnesses and tell people about uh, Jesus Christ. In fact, um, the people who do not want to talk to Jesus are probably not Christians because those of us who are saved will be willing and want to go out and, and tell people about Jesus and what he's done for us, and, you know, that's, uh, we want to uh, be witnesses. We want to, uh, uh, we care for our brothers and sisters in Christ, and that we want to see them saved. We do not want anyone to go to hell, and so that's, you know, we command it, and we would gladly do it. In fact, uh, like I said, a person who doesn't want people to know about Christ is not a Christian. And, in fact, I uh, can Relate that back to like I'm an ambassador uh, in the that a foreigner who doesn't want people to know he represents a foreign country. What do you call those people if they're in the U.S. a spy? If they're basically in the country and you know don't want anyone to know that they're basically representing somebody else rather than Americans, but they pass themselves off to say as an American, you know, there's a spy, and you know we don't want you know we won't be too happy if you find out. And on the flip side, you know it's going to be uh, that uh, someone who's a spy is not looked too kindly about, you know, by the host country. So, you know, we don't want to be a spy. So, um, so to recap, um, looks like I'm going to get you out here before eight o'clock tonight. An ambassador is designated by their leader, uh, sent to a foreign land to represent his land and to promote his country. Uh, God's ambassadors are chosen by him, redeemed to live holy lives and conform to Christ and to witness to the lost. And I know I've left a lot of out. I mean, I could probably, if I wanted to expand this and I had a lot more time, I probably could turn this into like a four-part sermon. But, you know, I just kind of wanted to, (laughs) I just have the one night and I just kind of wanted to speak, you know, just kind of touch on different things that I find that, again, uh, you know, just being intrigued by him referring to us as ambassadors. I always thought that that was an interesting um, title that he gave to us as ambassador. And, in fact, I learned a few things because I did not know that ambassador meant servant before I studied this message. So, so um, I hope that you uh, got something out of this message. Again, I don't think I really taught any great truths that you guys didn't already know. But, you know, I hope that you were um, benefited from that and that uh, Christ's name was uh, magnified and glorified from what was taught here tonight. And I thank you.
Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Rohnert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.